What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dangerous When Focus podcast. Today, we are joined by Mr. Paul Jackman. Paul Lee Handsome. <laughs> Welcome, brother. What's up, baby? How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for coming, giving us your time. I know you're a busy man. You're busier than the Shawnee B. Um, I've been looking forward to having a chat with you. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, brother. Always a pleasure. And thanks for the haircut there the other, the other day as well. I'm looking, it's my favourite haircut ever. Yeah. A nice bit shorter. You're, you're looking good. I was thinking um, the whole idea behind the podcast is to get in interesting characters, people who I want to get to know a little bit better, and just people who I find inspiring or just like their story. So I'm sure you've been asked this hundreds of times, uh, but for people that haven't maybe listened or know of yourself or your brand, um, could you take us back to the start of it all? Like, where did you go to school? Where you're from? And kind of how you got to start up your own business? Or is this your first business? Or have you had something before this that might have worked out? Um, or take us back to the start, pretty much. Yeah, well, most people, anyone that recognizes me, uh, he's your, you're my, you're the fragrance fella from TikTok. Okay, <laughs> there is, we uh, go, yeah. <laughs> which some people might see the ads and stuff, but uh, yeah, so like, uh, I went to school in Temple Oak. Okay. Uh, Temple Oak and Poises, so um, and my first business ever was, uh, I was playing hurling, and I was selling Kilkenny face guards. You know, the, you know the Cooper helmets? No. Yeah, I used to uh, repair them. It was my first business, repairing hurleys okay. for a few quid. So I did a hurley repair course at 13, 14 years old. Right. My first side hustle. Hustler, baby. Uh, yeah, so uh, like uh, I was uh, St. Jude, so I did a, the hurley repair course. Then I started, uh, the, the, the Cooper is like this helmet and hurling. It's like, you know, it's like a Gucci bag of helmets. Cooper. Okay, well, Anyone that plays hurling. Shout out to them. Knows Cooper helmets. Yeah. And uh, I used to basically sell Cooper helmets, import them from, from Canada because they're hockey helmets. Okay. So you couldn't actually buy them here. And I used to actually... Um, install these Kilkenny face guards so only all the you know the in the county player in the county players had them so they're a hot commodity so that was my first ever ever business that's how I kind of got, got started into selling and I was you know I was probably 14 15 years old okay starting off that was my first that the first your, taste okay first taste and um, a big part I suppose of your DNA or for my DNA was my parents, hardworking parents and anyone that will have listened to any of the podcast previous to this would know how important my roots are and DNA, like, does that come from your family? Do you think yeah. it's natural? Like your mum and dad, can you tell us a little bit what they do or how they kind of maybe might have influenced young Polly? Yeah, yes. Well, my, they were very, very working class. Like my grand, my grandmother was, you know, selling stuff on the streets of Mead Street, selling what? fur coats, like two for a fiver kind of style. Nice. So like, she came through, like, you know, uh, her factory was actually where McDonald's was, the, the fur coat factory, but she'd be selling stuff on the streets. So that's that's that in kinda, Temple Bar, uh, yeah, where McDonald's Temple Bar is. Yeah, yeah, so that's where she worked. But she also they'd be also you know really really uh, you know you know uh, hustlers, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in a bad way, but you know no. just have, having the grind, you know. I'm to talking. make ends meet or whatever. Or, no, yeah. they do it a bit better than that. So then my mother then she was the first person ever in her family to go to college, but she had to get a scholarship because we didn't have the money. Okay. So like you know she's very inspiring to me. She's very hard working. So she's uh, just retired as a clinical psychologist. Very, very, you know, very intelligent, very driven. Um, so, you know, um, always had to, you know, she, she worked so hard, so she kind of inspired me to always go the extra mile. And like when I was in school, I was dyslexic. Okay. So like my reading level was really bad. So I had to hustle that little bit more. Okay. Always, yeah. always. So, you know, when I, let's say when I was, when I was went to secondary school, my reading level was like eight years old. So I was 12 and I had this 
eight-year-old reading level. So Whoa. I had to hustle that little bit more to get the same grades as anyone else. Okay. So, yeah, I come, well, not from similar backgrounds, hardworking mum and dad. Dad was just retired two years. He was in the army, worked from okay. since he was 17. He was actually dyslexic as well. Back in the day in the Christian Brothers school, I think he used to be like, slapped around and like it was hot it was tough as you could be yeah, and like yeah. because he wasn't he, yeah they didn't really know what it was back then he was saying it just wasn't for him so fitness was a big thing and he was mega fit he used to run uh, marathons mad into weightlifting training and boxing and it was a path i see him go into and i was thinking wow that's a tough tough job but some people work well with routine and i'm kind of the same and i'm not working hard i kind of i get lost a little bit when i don't have something to work towards so for myself, uh, I love grinding and grafting. Yeah, but as yeah. I've gotten a little bit older, I just turned 37 now. Still a young man, still a young man. Still a young man. <laughs> I'm interested to kind of know from, yeah, when you kind of, to tell us our story, it's pretty much when you finished up school, did you kind of go down the normal route of college or I want to go traveling, I want to kind of get a J1? What was kind of going through your head as a young man? Because how old are you now? I'm 31, just turned 31. 31. So slightly, a few years in the difference, but a lot has changed with COVID. I think it's slightly different generation. We're kind of just crossing paths. But for yourself, like growing up on social media being such a big thing, when we started out 11 years ago, we had Instagram and we found amazing success. I don't think Cut and Sew would be as big as it is. We wouldn't have multiple stores yeah. if we didn't have Instagram and social media. So can you kind of tell us how social media actually impacted your life? Like, did you have Bebo, MSN? Bebo, baby, Bebo, were yeah, you, yeah, were, yeah. You, were, you, were you big on Bebo back in the day? Or like, tell us your intro into the social media world, because I think you're really, really strong at what you do. I love yeah. following you. I love supporting you. I just, I think it's great what you do. But like, yeah, what was your introduction to social media? I'm dying to kind of pick your brains about oh, that. Oh, my, my first introduction to social media, anyone born between probably 94, Four and maybe 90, 19, 1990, okay. MSN Messenger, baby. Okay, that's where they know, Polly. <laughs> yeah. So when you meet, I remember being at Wes. Oh. I remember meeting like uh, my first girlfriend when I was like 15. And uh, you don't go, you don't ask for the number. You go, what's your messenger, baby? What's your, okay, what's your, see, uh, I didn't what, know what's your that. email? That, that was a thing. So yeah. you asked the email. Uh, what did you take it down to like pen and paper Mom, or did you have mobile phones? Oh, no, you, you, go, you go on your Nokia 3510. Yeah, 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 yeah. You send them a 5,001. Yeah, yeah. Well, Call you, me. The one with snakes, you know, the one with snake on yeah, them. Yeah, 3310, baby. 33, or no, maybe 3310. Yeah, so I, I remember the, the last recollection I have of asking someone for their MSN messenger was, yeah, my girlfriend, I'm Wes, when I was 15. Well, no, my girlfriend, later <laughs> in the time, I just met her. And, uh, He's breaking like, hearts, baby, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, what's your, what's your messenger? So, yeah, yeah I think we, I either wrote it on the notes. I think I had snake open at the time. I was on like le level 44, whatever I'll it was. Be flexing. <laughs> but uh, you, yeah, you write down their email on your notes and then you add them on email and then it would take a few days to accept. Oh, wow. Kind of like, like Facebook and Instagram. That was my first kind of taste of uh, social media because, like, mm. man, you, you, you can see when someone's logged. Did you have, did you have NSMS? No, messenger? so my younger brother did. I just I remember having my first mobile phone and texting a girl I was into and getting five euro credit. And you'd be sweating like, man, <laughs> oh baby, right back. And you, you only had three lines of text. You had yeah, to like yeah. abbreviate like what you at and all. Oh man. Yes, you, you baby, like BB. They, 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 they used to charge per, per letter, per character and all. Uh, what? Okay. Yeah, back in the day. So yeah, we, we, I text as well, but Messenger was the first. So we went from text to, we were the innovative 
you know uh, you got your money's worth now probably like you know what I mean of, of how yeah. it was so you dial you go on your little dial up and then you, you log in and you can see who's online yeah, so that was, no, like, we, that, that was social media so you could see let's say you have I don't know 40 contacts like kind of I think I remember going into the kitchen we like probably most households we only had one computer but we were very late because we come from humble beginnings but a computer was a luxury like it wasn't a necessity yeah 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 my brothers would have it log in but so your first little taste was that a young Polly. Yeah, it's chatting up friends and girls and stuff on yeah. uh, on MSN Messenger. Nudging, I, nudging away. Like. Oh, nudge, I, I've, <laughs> I've heard of this and I've nudge. seen it. So with that, like, okay, so what was your first actual job? Like, I, my first job uh, was a lounge boy and I was 13 in Baker's Corner. Man. It's not what it used to be. It's not, uh, I can't even walk by it now. It's what just, is Baker's Corner? A uh, pub. So it was a lounge. I used to clean ashtrays, collect glasses, take Jeez. orders, Hustling, baby. hustling. Hustling, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> a great insight into making money and like uh, really how to earn money. I actually loved, I, felt, I used to go to school and then work Wednesdays after school and Saturday and Sundays. Just, I loved it, getting the little brown envelope with your wages written on a 70, I think it was like 70 pound, I feel like, after like a few shifts. And I was like, baby, let's go to the club. But Cash I obviously King, wasn't baby. <laughs> into HMV, buying like records, DVDs and clothes. I remember having the freedom. So what was your first actual like job? Like, well, what unof- you- unofficially, like other than a lot of labor. Like obviously the the first like kind of my own business was the, you know, the Hurley, Hurley yeah. fix-ins. That's a very young age, yeah. But then like I would always done summers helping out my uh, my dad and uncles with, you know, a lot of labor. Let, yeah, uh, and you probably liked it. Yeah, that's, that was my first unofficial job. But when I was 16, um, I was during the, it was during the recession. So getting a job like was, as an, an Irish 16-year-old, was impossible. So anyone that's 92, 93, 94, getting a job during the recession was impossible. So it's funny that like, you know, people, you can't get people to work these days in a lot of jobs. Yeah. Getting a job in a clothing store. Like my dream when I was 16 was to work in a Abercrombie clothing store. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> I went for the Hollis interview, never got it. This uh, wasn't good they looking enough. Now. <laughs> they no, missed it. I've, that, see, I've seen the, the topless photos of Paulie. <laughs> you know, he's looking good. Shred, baby. Man, so the, the Hollister interview, everyone our age, it was the coolest thing to work in uh, Hollister. Everyone wanted to work there. Did Rob Lipsy work there? No, I don't know. We had Rob on as a guest and I was like, Jesus, did he get work there? I just feel like he would fit the Hollister. Oh, was it? Okay, sorry, different to Abercrombie. But you go into a group interview and like it's like uh, who's gonna get it? And they always pick the good looking people. And I think I went to like four or five interviews uh, and they never like got them. it. Look, so uh, they I'll missed out, baby. They missed out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get a job, so I didn't get no. I had those kind of jo- those kind of building jobs and stuff with my family. But my first official job, you could you could not get a job in a clothing store. If you got a job, I remember my friend got a job in uh, Urban Outfitters after work experience and he was 17. We were like, are you serious? You got a job? Oh my God. Like we were, we were sweating for jobs. Yeah. So they, my first job was uh, I had to go ref rugby matches, tag rugby, uh, young working professionals at, sorry, I was 16 and I'd get a 10 or, 10, 10 or 12 euro a game, four games a night. And it was tough. Like that really toughened me up because, yeah. you know, even though it's, it's, it's recreational, you know, there's there's people play to win, uh, and there's you know there's there's uh, a so, lot of emotions are high. So I, my, that was my first official job on the books was a tag a rugby referee, which I, I did that for two years. So revenue could check up young Paul. <laughs> <laughs> They'll see where he was at. Oh, um, so take us up pretty much then, because again we're going off the cusp today. Because I just really want to have an open chat with you. I know who you are. We've started to kind of hang out a little bit yeah. in town. Two hustlers. Hustlers, baby. Living in Temple Bar. <laughs> like, just trying to live their dream. And, like, um, 
it's you are known as Mr. Handsome. I love. I remember what I, I actually seen it in Dalky and was it restaurant nine oh nine or nineteen oh nine? I was I was there. Guest I was like ten and nineteen oh nine. I was helping my friend with the lobster festival. Yeah, and I was randomly down there, and I was like, the, I love just the cheekiness of the mark. Give the handsome fella a kiss or, or what was what was it written <laughs> so, yeah, on the no, chalkboard? Or so we, yeah, we had a like we had a, a bar far in the street. I was like, look, we we want to like I'm very competitive. So there's other bars like people are selling selling drink on the street yeah so uh or selling food drink whatever i'm like okay we need to do something a bit different here yeah so i'm Get like okay name. so i wrote a big sign chalkboard being like uh order your drinks from the handsome That's man taking the piss out of, of me like, yeah but like it worked the amount of people that took photos stopped oh, and they- i myself stopped <laughs> and, and we ended up staying there you were very generous you're like now you introduced me come in we ended up having food there about two hours uh, yeah, later yeah thank you for that and no not at all it was great but yeah i love your work ethic and you know, but it's not all as, as we see. So I think it's only ever fair to give context to people who I find successful because a lot of people only see the highlight reel on Instagram yeah. or socials. I think you're very transparent. And, you know, you taught me some great advice, people buy from people. Yeah. And I think something that's very, I warm towards, I just think it's infectious is obviously your personality, but in your skill sets are great. So how did you come up with this idea? I pretty much know the story from socials, but tell me about like handsome, like, you know, handsome scent and perfume. Like what was, what was the light bulb moment to go, do you know what? This is, I'm on a night out. I want to smell good for the ladies. What, what was the spark moment to start your business? It was a lot. So I yeah. always, like, I, I remember. We got time, baby. We yeah. know. <laughs> so my first ever encounter with fragrance was, was my brother, I think I was I was about ten, and my brother got a bottle of Jean Paul Gaultier. Oh, well, what a smell! Love potion, baby. Love yeah, potion. Love potion. I like yeah. it. So I remember I like now I was ten or something, and I saw my brother got that, and like I got like the I bottle is the man. I think it's yeah, like the, shape of the, the man, man. with the the, the pecs and all. Yeah, and I think I got like a, I got like a Buzz Lightyear or something. I was like, <laughs> I was like man, I want I want the, I'm the Gaultier man. I'm gonna get, yes. I want to track the ladies at the playground. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> young Polly was a dangerous. Bottle. So man, well I learned yet yeah, when I first got Jumbo. So the next that that, that that all year. Now we're again we're still during the recession. Actually, it wasn't too bad then. Now it was just before pre-session, but it was still you know you're, you're not getting everything you wanted. So the all year I was like, mom, next Christmas. Bottle of Jean-Paul Gaultier, baby. I want Gaultier and I want, I want the and 100 mil. Else. I was like, mom, I want the 100 mil. I don't want the Buzz Lightyear. I don't want the Woody. I don't want the Scale Electrics. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want the Stretchy Man, whatever it was. Yeah. I want Jean-Paul Gaultier. And every year I get Jean-Paul Gaultier. Now, while I was uh, over the years, what I realized, I, and then, then as I came into the recession, like, you know, we, were not, not, we didn't have a load of money. Like, we were grand. Like, we, we couldn't, like, you know, buy, like, a load of it. yeah. So, I was very, I was using it very scarcely. So, I'd only use it on nights out. And I'd, just, I'd whack myself before the, the, the Jews' the GA disco. And uh, <laughs> I always find the end of the night, oh, I'd love to have a little top up here. And that was, that was always my, um, so I used to buy all these little mini samples. And then, um, in 2020, I was working as a rep with Heineken. And we were given three, three weeks off. Uh, two okay. weeks off because all the pubs are closed. Now, in fairness, they they because lockdown. Uh, yeah, ready. They gave us three. They just we just take our holidays. Oh, okay. Sorry. And like I just lo- I love working, so um, I was okay. So I just I was in in this. Uh, I was living in Galway at the time. And I was in this uh, suburban house with a, with a guy that never left his room. So I was by myself, and he actually the guy that never left his room during lockdown started to come down, and we just bounce off each other. But then I was. Um, I just, I just started brainstorming and I was developing this clothing app to kind of facilitate men with style. Now, it was, it was, it was a similar model in America, but it, was, it wasn't really feasible in the end because 
Uh, clothes have high return rates. It was hard to get going. But what I was doing, I was getting samples of perfume because I wanted to have like perfume in in the, in the outfit. I was selling outfits. Basically, so rather than buy a t-shirt, I'll sell you an outfit and I'll style you. Okay. And I've never heard of this concept. No, it's like... Yeah, so it was, not, it was an app called Style High Club. So would it be like you take a photograph, put it in your body or like, and then you just, it's like I could Photoshop a t-shirt and jeans and shoes onto me. Yeah, but you you'd could sell kind the of outfit. Shop. Yeah, you'd sell the outfit and then let's say you'd have 10 pieces of clothing that would style, let's say 20 outfits. Oh yeah, you mix and match or whatever. Exactly, but it, it, there's so many flaws to it. There's a, a few companies in the US, that, like one called Trunk Club, one called Stitch Fitch. They're successful, but the, the business model, it's very hard to make money off and you need a lot of investment. So, uh, but I started getting samples of perfume off perfumers, and I was like, "How's the hell? Like, what? Did I just send you just reach out. Yeah, you just reach out to them. There's lots. There's, lot, there's, like, there's so many perfumers now. Um, there's actually more, more and more now because it's getting so popular in in Dubai and stuff. So there's, lo- there's loads more coming. Um, so I started getting samples, and um, I always want to do subscription fragrances. Always. Okay. Because I just I, I I love fragrance. Hate well, the hate the buying experience. And oh. I, I, the, like, I hate going to the counter and they kind of upsell you and, and I hated just having to go buy fragrance so I just wanted to, to, to be given to drop to my door so my, my experience would be uh, it's like uh, Burberry was a, a smell that I got love at the very start yeah. uh, Izzy Miyake Best Mate Jono wore uh, of course Jean-Paul Gaultier same with Jono so it influenced people I remember thinking my mom I think was Chanel CK1 I remember, you know certain smells people remember and I just I remember there was a certain one I remember from ah, I think one or two ladies back in the day was alien. I remember it being yeah. such a distinct smell. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. For me, I think it's like your smell is very personal. In a job where I cut hair and it's, you know, you have to you have to be aware of your body odor and smell. It's very, very distinct and it's 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 amazing. I never thought about it as in depth, and that's your business. So I love getting a new smell. I just told you I recently got Louis Vuitton. I think it's imagination. It's when men come in to the shop and women, but mainly men, I would, I actually would stop and go, whoa, sorry, excuse me, what are you wearing? You're it's wearing, a great yeah. talking point. And they feel like, oh my God, thank you so much. If It's rare that I would smell something and it not be nice. But I didn't think the order, not the order, the people would find it quite hard to go in. But with the age, recession, coming up to new times where people are going online, baby. I'm like, I, I hate buying clothes online. I, so scent is to me is sounds unusual. That's why I remember you dropped in a sample pack to Ronan that used to work for us. And I was like, this is great. I remember I was gifted a three pack. I loved the hustle. And I was like, I think I gave you a shout out. And you're uh, like, yeah, by the way, so just thank you very much. Before you even knew me, and yeah. I started a business four years ago, I had like a sale a day. The guy was, I was, I was, okay. you know, I, oh yeah, you but, reached out and go, hey, I'll do a post for you. And I sent you some stuff. And in fairness to you, you had like 20,000 followers. And here's me, you know, not even not even making sales yet. And you you supported it. So I do always do appreciate nice, that. No, but it's the same. And you do it for everyone. So do, like, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's why I was admired about you. Like, you support know, local, baby. Uh, no, but in fairness, like you didn't know me. You just yeah. knew I was you know, a fella. And I'm, actually me and my brother, when I was in Dublin, I was getting my hair cut in Welly. And my brother would have got uh, his hair cut there for years as well. So we all we all knew the cut and sew brand. I wonder do I know your bro? I no, always he knows think that. You know him, you know him. I just to think, I'd be like, does he look, does he look like? Uh, I'm always intrigued to know. So he had a chat, so he goes, oh, You've cut his hair before. You've, I think you've cut his hair before. Never came back to me, baby. No, <laughs> you, you, you're moving around all the No, you know what? I'll tell you straight. And this is just what I love about your business model. He he was getting his hair cut off one of your soldiers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> soldiers is another term for employees. No, but, you know, he, no, but you supported him and set up his own shop. Yeah. And he gets his hair cut there now. So he he he, he came oh, okay. through. That's, so he came through cutting sew. And how he knows his current barber. 
Is that say, yeah. true your training? So you obviously brought them in. Built them, built built them up. And them that's what I love about your business model. You support lads that want to get up on their own as well. That, yeah. So my brother gets his hair cut off. I still get my hair cut. I was with Ronan and Welly for years when I came back from Galway. Yeah. Now I'm with yourself or whoever's around. But he still is with a cut and sew. So we're both cut and sew. An ex-cut and sew soldier. Yeah. We won't mention any other than Ah, no, I'm only yeah. messing. But no, but but you, that's that's yeah. great. You supported him to get, you know, you gave him the confidence yeah. to, you know, get dangerous and focus and you know set up his own of course and you now it's we're all about building up i think that's what sets us about the uh apart from the rest is like that we encourage the older generation barbers they begrudge the younger lads like don't leave here it's like they're they're paranoid or freaked out that when one person goes that it's gonna crumble and i think if you're so worried about it's i think i read alex ferguson's book if you think or if one of the top players thinks he's bigger than the team he got to go, baby. P45. And you're going to have these superstars that come in. It's like any football team. Use that analogy. You think a team can't survive without your Beckhams, your Messies, your Cantonas, whoever it is. I don't really watch football anymore. But they can. Once the brand is so strong, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of another thing that we have to speak about, then it will always survive. And not only survive, it will thrive. Um, but, but back to what I was saying pretty much about the smell, because it's it's something that I, sorry, I, I think it's kind of fascinating. I just be like, how is this lad going to make money off selling? Uh, how would you describe it without being insulted? It's not like replicas. It's like similar brands. Or per- like was, well, yeah, so- I love, obviously, like the the Spice, Wild Spice. New Spice, New, New Spice, New Spice yeah, baby. Like, so it's- we actually started off not giving a, compa- we give a mainstream comparison because online. Oh, so people can kind of go, yeah, if you like this, you like that. Now, we don't want to do dupes, but like when I first started Handsome Scent, people thought I was mad. And what they, the first thing they'll say is celebrities bring out scents and they can't make it sell. What makes you, yeah, what like makes you think J-Lo you can? And like, I now I see, what's your man's name? Jake Gyllenhaal. And like, he's doing the Prada ad. And like, you see celebs, Beckham has his own and he was, Associated, I suppose people want to feel a million books are like their, yeah, their see, heroes. I, I, I knew what I was doing wasn't bringing out a scent. I was bringing out a business model that fixed the problem. Um, not, and not necessarily, you know, saving lives, but like if you look at the, the fragrance market, it's it's not made for what the customer wants. So, so if you, for example, um, your, the average, the average um, fragrance brand, the way it works is the route to market is, okay, you're, um, you're, you're Tom Ford. You have this, you've, manufacture all your perfume and you sell it what's called a business to business to customer route to market. So your Tom Ford, you sell to the airport. So it goes from Tom Ford, Ford. then to the airport. The airport has to get a cut and then it goes to the customer. customer. Yeah. Or then sometimes, most of the time it goes from Tom Ford to a distributor to, you know, let's say a Boots or a Brown Thomas. So everyone has to get a slice of the pie. Okay. So a lot of them can only make money off large glass bottles and customers don't want large glass bottles. Really. No, they want like they want multiple, like you said you were, you know, b- b- before uh, they, people would have what's called a signature scent. This is my scent. Yeah, sorry, Chanel, uh, I think it's Sport. The, that was the, your signature scent. That, to me, yeah, the silver. I don't, it's not, not blue to Chanel, but it's this Chanel Sport silver. Oh, baby, it's like money. I actually am out of it at the minute, so I'll have to treat but myself. But you are in multiple scents now. Yeah, I, ha- I have multiple ones. As I've grown a, a collection, there's certain days if, yeah. I'm going, if I'm just going out, I don't want to... If it's just a date night with my fiance, I'm like, oh, we've got to wear the Louis Vuitton, baby. And then if it's like a day, a day where I don't want to be like smell too musky and work, and it's exactly so. so yeah, so I have so a few scents. For, okay, so, so what we're finding is what I'm finding is that people want different scents for different occasions. So if you go yes. to if you go to Brown Thomas or you go to let's not put in a let's you go to Outlet A, 
<laughs> and you want to get nice perfume, like you paid 280 a bottle. But what if you wanted three different perfumes? Are you going to pay, you know, six, 700 quid? <laughs> exactly. So the, 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 the current model doesn't facilitate what the customer wants. And um, a, a lot of perfume brands haven't adapted an e-com uh, B2C strategy. And they're, they're a bit, and normally these kind of brands, like I worked in a, a brewery for years, and they're very laggard in adapting these new trends and how to sell in different ways. So like, it's hard because if you're if you're a big brand, you can't just adapt my strategy because then you're undercutting all your let's yeah, say your business model. Well, your business model because all your airport. Like if you start selling at affordable price, like small decants, the airport, like Dublin Airport's gonna be like, hey, I'm selling their stuff now. Now you're undercutting me online. And the B two C model. Yeah, so they're kind of stuck. So they're stuck in the mud. Yeah. So this was a huge opportunity. No one really looks at. Now I will say, from a fulfillment point of view. It's it's not it's not very easy. Like so, the barriers to entry to perfume is low, but to get a perfume brand up and running is extremely difficult because you got to build credibility. Like we're four years. People say, "Oh, I bought from your new business." We're four years. You know, I still, I, it's so fresh that I still see it, and I'm like, and it's funny because I am a customer, even though at the start, I remember you sent me this when you're starting off. It was pretty terrible. It was probably like, you know. No, it wasn't. And that wasn't starting off, by the way. We so were, that wasn't we, starting we, we off. We were actually a year into it. And yeah. I remember getting it because I obviously, I have, I, I remember thinking to myself, I goes, oh, these uh, like vials, is that the correct? Or what would you call this? Yeah, reef vial. Yeah. Uh, vial, yeah. Vial, yeah. Um, call, some people call them decants, but travel, uh, automizer with a vial. Can you travel with this if it's under 100 mil or is that getting scrapped soon? That's, that's oh, your that, clear plastic yeah, bag. So, uh, that's gone, uh, is it? A lot of airports are getting rid of that, but yeah, at the moment it has to be under 100 mil. But like most bottles are under 100 mil. It's more actually people have the fear of breaking it or losing it. So you have that bottle of um, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Are you going to travel with that? No. Why? Because it's 280 quid and it's, if it's smashed, exactly. I'd so be raging. That's what the automizer case Oh, for. look at him. I'm telling you, this guy doesn't miss a trick. <laughs> Sell I me this pen, baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sell me this pen, baby. The, so, wolf, the, the real wolf of Crow Street, baby. A wolf, wolf, uh, wolf of Dame Street. Oh, oh Dave Street. No, okay. Yeah. okay. I used Dame to be Court, the wolf. Wolf of Dame Court. I was the wolf of Crow Street for many years and I think Luca from Rose Madre. that's actually somewhere we have to get in he'll be a legend yeah. there we go baby this is brainstorming um so i okay i kind of get what you're saying now it's like the pack and like the size and convenience and it's funny because now as a you know a man i suppose i am at 37 if i was out i get it like you know inside your like blazer or inside your jacket i love the smell of like a little touch up now you're out date night you know, you, I don't smoke, but people could be around you smoking or the smell of the beer food, garden, smoke and beer stuff. garden. Yeah. Now, the argument we, we get is... Concerts, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah like, the, the argument we get is as well is that, oh, it should be just long lasting anyway. But what, what is the quote about uh, a sense, something about announce? It should be something, it should be, it should be something that announces or a quote, something like that about an aftershave. You know, let's go to this, Jordy Short. Does it, is there a famous well, if, you, if you go to the toilet, it's like... It one, should, uh, it one, should be... No, should the, be the quote, not announced. What's the quote? If, if you're in coppers, it's uh, one, uh, one two, spray. Two spray, one lay, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no Armani, no Pumani, baby. <laughs> Sorry to our listeners oh, to God. take offense. No, but there's a quote anyway where a, a smell or a scent, it, should be, it shouldn't be announced. Like, it should be welcome, not announced. We'll get it. Description, link in the bio, baby. It's a beautiful saying. It's probably like Coco Chanel or something. Yeah. Where it's like, get it. Because like, yeah, here's a question actually to all of the humans out there. Um, when I spray, right, I go, tss, 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 right? I don't know why. Some people go, ah, oh, where the pulse is. Pulse where points, yeah. Is it pulse points? Is that actually correct? Yeah, like, so the, the argument is, look, I'm no scientist, but this is what like all the perfumers tell me. Um, so in the pulse points, it's the kind of the, the hottest part of your body. So it, it, helps, <laughs> it helps project it a bit more. So like, let's say your wrists... 
your your neck. Um, the argument is that it, it projects it that little bit more, and also on top of that, making sure that your skin isn't dry, that it's not absorbed. So when you spray perfume, you have like if, if it's eau de parfum. And people, just, like, people don't know what this is, but over the parfum is actually, it's, it's a more it, liquid, uh, diluted version. Uh, it's a higher concentrated perfume oils. But oh. I said, there's, then there's all the toilet, but people don't know what that means. Perfume is stronger than twi- other toilet. So yeah, the way, the way it goes, is it goes like um, cologne, which Americans call, but that's like, that's a very lower, not lower grade, it's a lower concentrated perfume oils. Yeah. And there's eau de toilette, which is about, you know, anywhere from 10, 15%. Then there's eau de parfum, which is that little bit denser. I think I got spoofed, you know, buying the, oh my God, what's the blue stuff called? Oh, it's in brown. Thomas, beautiful. Cool water. No, it's like a round. I wonder, could you get it? You could tell it to me. Uh, I'm going to send you that. No, it's not. It's a round circular bottle. Uh, anyway, it's a beautiful smell. Real kind of, uh, but it's really, really weak. Is it old or something? Oh, oh, oh the clone. Oh, that seem Is like it? It's a blue clear bottle. It's very... Uh, Must be like the bottles like that are like aftershave eau de cologne is just you know and that it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's bad quality. I'd love to I'd love to you know people do like I feel like I don't know if it's a thing you're gonna do on your channels, you know, tell me about this and this. I think people could talk for hours about their smells and why and what it reminds because that's what it's a kind of are you set well you're not really selling memories. You're, are you selling con, like convenience or it's so just variety, not, so we're actually what we're selling is variety and convenience. So it allowing and you and quality as well. Quality has to be there. So we're always looking at new perfumers. And we do want, like, so it's funny that, so in the Irish market and the UK market, that the, the customer wants a very long lasting fragrance. So we have to go a little bit uh, higher in the perfume concentration. Now okay. we're going to the US market. It, the word clone is actually synonymous. Like it's like Hoover and vacuum here. Okay. Like Hoover is actually a brand. So in, in the American yeah, that's market. that's what, you know, with Dyson, they always say, uh, what do we, are oh, yeah. Give us the Hoover, but it's the Dyson. It's not. It's called the vacuum. Remember, we got that. It, the Hoover's the brand. We we worked with Dyson years ago. They're yeah. like, yeah, you can't call it uh, Hoover. Uh, Hoover, yeah. yeah. So it's the same. They have to call it a vacuum because they give to us like vacuum. Yeah, yeah vacuum's actually what it is. So uh, in the American market, they don't like. And it. This is a hair dryer, not a blow dryer. Like that's. Oh, is it? The Americans call the hair dryer a blow dryer. Yeah. But the, the, in, the Amer- in the American market, they say clone because they actually like a lower uh, concentration of perfume. They don't like a heavy smell. Where in UK, Ireland, France, and Dubai, they love like spraying it and it lasting after two showers. Not every market likes that, but in the Irish market, they do like a, a, a very, you know, because they, they put like long lasting synonymous or they want long lasting with high quality. Yeah, it can, can be the case, but like if you look at like whiskey, I worked in whiskey for a brief time and like, question, I'm going to ask you a question about yeah. whiskey. Does an aged bottle of whiskey, Let's say a 20-year-old bottle of whiskey mean it's better quality than a four or five-year bottle of whiskey. Uh, I would imagine so from, being, from being in pubs because they charge more. From, a, quali- from, a, from, from a, a quality, I don't drink well, whiskey, but... Why, why they charge more is because they have to charge more because um, the, to, to store the barrels, that factors into your margins. Oh, of but course. But it's all about taste profile. So if you look at, do you want a more woody, woody taste? If so, then yeah. I would say go for the, the, the higher age. Because if it's 20 years old, you want a more, let's say it's a sherry cask, and you want a higher taste of sherry, more dense taste of sherry, then that would pretty suit more for you. In my opinion, it doesn't necessarily mean it's better quality. I used to drink Jemison with ginger ale or whatever, but yeah. like, that's when I was fucking wild and I wasn't even, <laughs> there was no, I was just getting into me party time, baby. There was no thing. But yeah, I would have thought that, but. No, well, it, it can be, but it doesn't necessarily for the, for the customer that wants maybe doesn't want the heavy woody taste, I would then say, hey, well then actually I think the five-year-old whiskey is for you. But in terms of margins, if you store whiskey for a bit longer, 
you're going to have to factor that into the price of the bottle. So if you stored whiskey for like the cost to store whiskey and the cost of the barrel, you know, have an age, that kind of, that's going to factor know, into it. It's just amazing, like genius or like it's marketed. Um, so tell us pretty much now, well, it's it's very personal. We won't get into too that, but a lot of people, me and you spoke during the week about like, you know, not even numbers. It's, it's irrelevant. Like it's somebody told me, um, turnover is vanity uh, yeah. and then it's like gross profit is sanity so like you know even though we might do really well numbers but like you don't make as much as people think so what does success look like for you like because well there's two questions i want to know what's your average week like firstly and then kind of what success looks like to you because some people might not have a chance to say it because you might be like living your dream right now yeah but then i seen you for christmas in december this man got no sleep <laughs> the stories he was letting everyone know he was working late as well <laughs> i see that you know i respect the hustle it was like up two three four and maybe four in the morning i might have seen it, and then yeah. back out doing delivery seven eight a.m flying to the post office meeting people distributing and stuff so like, yeah, what, like, are you living your dream? Like, are you just, you know, you're a young man. It's like, yeah, it's great to see. But yeah, how would you answer the two questions? Am I living my dream? Like, so th- like over Christmas, we didn't, we weren't like ready. Like you created a brand. You created a brand. But Amazing. Like, you know, for the first three years, it, it wasn't grand. really a brand. It was more of like me, you know, do, do, believing in the process and only really in the last six months to a year. Like we got onboarded by the New Frontiers program, Enterprise Ireland. And that kind of gave me a chance to go full time in 2022. And like, let's say you saw me doing all the orders till four or five in the morning. We weren't really set up for the level of volume we were going to get. I was so grateful for it. But that, funny enough, that's four years hard work. To get this month finally, or this time of, yeah. Finally, and people don't see that because I remember, you know, sitting on my Shopify and, you know. You, it you being get, cold, baby. Oh, I'd, I'd say some months earlier on, we could have done three sales a month, you know, and that's very nice of you and transparent and humble to say, because it's the same with any, I remember like I've tried, we did e-commerce years ago with the hoodies and products and I, we, we took out an office, which was 500 quid a month. We totally didn't need one, but I was like, I oh, said, I was actually probably losing money technically, but I was like, I had this office, the Ikea desk, little yeah, HQ, yeah. yearly planner. And I goes, I'm not doing 500 quid worth of sales. And I was had to manually write them down on the envelope, excuse me, and physically walk to the post office. And you think about that, that takes an hour. So if the hoodie costs me 15 euro, I sell it for 30. That one hour is actually, you know, that's how much yeah, I would get yeah. an hour. And you're like, so you're actually like breaking even if you're lucky. So clothing never was for us. It's tough. And it's tough. And a lot of people think don't see it. Yeah, see, a lot of people have a, a personal social media page and think, oh, I, I could just sell online. Selling online is extremely, I, extremely difficult. It's it's not easy. But it, because everyone's so exposed to social media, and it, like, it's funny, I, I opened the bar over summertime and everyone that thinks, oh, I could open my, I could take that bar and run it without yeah, any experience. It's extremely hard to do what you do, to do e-com, to run a bar. And people don't realize it until they actually start selling. So when I meet like people that want to start e-com, I'm like, I just start selling. Just see how hard it is because people I got a like- taste. I only asked you for help a while ago and I was like, wow, man, this is, um, credit to you. People won't notice, but you've helped me, gave me so much of your time and effort. And I'm like, man, can I do this? And it's, I really appreciate, that's the whole idea of this. Like people as well, we know we're going to do like a pop-up shop for our handsome Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's all cool. about collaborating. This year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want people to kind of, sorry, 
because I want you to answer are you living your dream or like what does a week look like yeah so actually I'm yeah firstly what, so what is a week so it's Monday baby it's grind day yeah so everyone, but you're probably in the day in tavern last night were you no no oh, no okay. dry January for now no like am I, am I live, did I live my dream over November December no but I was so grateful for the sales that every day I'm going to step towards my dream what do I want so what's success look like to me I don't care about trying to you know trying to ever be a millionaire doesn't that's not really what uh the that's goal what a lot was. of entrepreneurs saying people you, and it's it, great and if it comes great but it's, it's well, well here's something for you i've i worked handsome for four years um and i had another job for the first three years and i never paid myself from handsome cent yet now i'm very wow. great i'm very grateful that uh next month i'll hopefully I, mean, I'll, I will be able to pay myself and support myself and um, which i'm very grateful for i'm one of my best Rightly friends deserved but four years i didn't pay myself that, that first day i i ended up losing money i was like yeah, but, I'm, but it's but but that, you know you have to you have to risk getting built before it takes each shot takes about a year to get going and that's if you're good at it oh man and, like, and that's that's in for me from a vet of the game i'm like wow so it isn't and it's what it will go off that but yeah it's it's not it's not all sunshine and rainbows. No, but, uh, no, absolutely. And I see people try to, uh, to start these brands up and they don't realize the time. Like, so a, a lot of entrepreneurs I meet, um, they're, they, they get, they, there's like a like a, a honeymoon period of the idea generation. And then when it comes to actually it, yeah. get the work done, I don't know if it's the same in barber and with a shop, it, but mm, is it? Like, so for example, an entrepreneur- every, every, sorry, it is. Everybody wants to do the, the stand outside the shop or major announcing the news. And I have friends now and I see a lot of the new generations, soldiers around your age and all, and they're like shop to a new location. And I actually say this, if you can crack one shop, amazing. But but going from one to two shops is the hardest thing. And I haven't seen anyone really crack it. A- apart from us, like the, I always speak about them and the Grafton Barbers, you know, they're like centric. They're everywhere in every town, very convenient, amazing business model. Copy and paste, copy and paste. And that's franchised. They're making money, baby. That's not my goal. It's like quality and control and like I'm Absolutely. still part of it. And it's like, I just would think we'd be like a Michelin star, whereas they're just like, as I said, like a centric. We'd be like a high-end version in our field. But all the young guys now, they want to be this CEO, entrepreneur, and they have in the bio. I'm like, lads, you're actually probably not making money and everyone seems to do it and flex. And then one barber leaves them and they're up shit's creek and they're like, oh my God, who am I? My identity is this entrepreneur and they're flexing and they haven't got a washer. Uh, I'm not saying that I do, but again, I want it to be a profitable, sustainable business that I love and can manage. And I, and I know my value. So like, yeah, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but sorry, back to the question. I want to know. I don't know if you've answered either of them, actually. <laughs> so you're not really living your dream, even though you had two best months, probably, which you should do after four years of hard work, not paying yourself. Now it's like a new year. So what's your new week going to look like? So, like, much, so people can see, do you know what, this guy, he's putting in the hours. Yeah, no, well, no, so we're moving to our new facility at the end of the month to Ballycool. And so we're going to have like a, a really good operation there. So I have a team of four. Long as my full time, uh, yeah, yeah, no, deep. So we're gonna, we're, we're partnering with DPD. Shout out DPD, yeah, great, yeah, they're yeah. great, baby. I no, love them. No, but see, the, the, the service levels they have is just unparalleled. I'll give you an example. Like if, if we move, you know, if we if you order before three o'clock, you, you trust me, ninety nine percent will get your delivery next day. Not only that, in ecom, anyone that has the ecom store, you push that loads. Yeah, next day delivery. Or now before we do. Three. We, we were using another company, but it's um the the you know the the, the system that DPD have. You'll get a the the driver will take a photo. Of the package now anyone does an e-com store and, and is sending out you know hundreds of orders a day or a week or a and tracking order yeah, and fulfilled you, you will lose some unless you have a really good system and and with dpd if, if, if something goes missing i can see the photo 
I can see a geo, geotagged location where we're scanned. So the um, it's just a better system, and then it'll help us scale up for next year. That um, rather than me working to four in the morning, so I can. I'll still be doing the fulfillment. I'll still be packing orders. You'll be doing content. Content. Office. I've seen the mic set up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, the ring. So like the- my, my, my goal is to be able to support myself, support my family. If, if anything ever happened to my family, for example, if someone, you know. I'm the same in a way. It's mad that everyone's very similar. You want to be able to like help, you know, help people out. If and, there's like, a problem family. with anyone in my family and there needs to be, you know, I need to do something. That's what I just want to be able to support myself and support anyone in my family. And big thing for me in terms of my, you know, uh, I guess personal satisfaction is be, be able to uh, express my creativity because I worked in a big massive um, machine of a multinational company can we say or no just for reference I worked at a brewery and, and, brewery, and it's great yeah. but I learned some because a lot of entrepreneurs it's a global brand because I know it's yeah. a global brand but a lot of entrepreneurs now that are 2021 they go straight out, they probably drop out of college or straight out of college and, go, and have no life experience yeah like, did you work for someone before when you for, so for I a while? Worked, I did. I worked for uh, probably the most famous brand at the time. It was a franchise called Tony and Guy, but it was global. Tony. Tony and Guy. It's like Peter Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. foreign. And then basically what we did was we, uh, I ended up working under these amazing hairdressers that went and set up their own independent place called Queen. And man, I just got my roots from them. My your learnings, your learnings. Oh, yeah, I, it's you like learn a, your trade. Learn it, and yeah. you have to get in, you have to like clean the shit in the toilet bowl. But that, 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 All of this, yeah. I remember I had to make tea and you'd have grannies complain that the tea's not hot enough, the water's too cold. And I, you have years of this and then you think, right, is this for me? But that's, you know, you have your foot in the trench, you're in the trenches for years. And you kind of get it, you know, you're like, it kind of thickens your skin and it gives you an understanding. And without that, you can't open a business if you don't work in somewhere no. for a long time, I think. You just don't have, because then somebody says to complain, you're like, you're freeze. You have to have run-ins with customers, yeah. run-ins with owners. You're going to be late. They're going to be pissed off. You're going to be hung over. Whatever. You have to, life experience, you need it. So I encourage people to go and do all this before even thinking about opening a business absolutely so that's that was my i did six years with a, with a, with a global beer brand and then i did three years uh fmcg selling and protein powders and stuff and then i spent time in canada so i'm i look very young but i've had 10 10 <laughs> different jobs you do look very young I, yeah I, you I don't look actually, your age at all fun fact i was a, i was mr tato i used to do mr tato for kids and stuff i used to, I used to put the costume on i was no in way. there a few ga stadiums like one and a half i've done everything so I like it. Uh, I had to hustle a lot. So, you know, that experience, especially when I was doing um, repping, uh, you're doing a lot of... You're, oh, the, the, the Is it okay? <laughs> We're just doing a test here. Let's see if it's broken uh, after this. But I did a lot of repping. So you're doing sales. So when you learn... You're a salesman as well. You sell your brand. Uh, when you're doing sales, if you can sell and you want to do your own business, you're, you're you know, a, a hell of a way uh, there. So you have to sell conflict management, dealing with people, doing deals. And that six years helped me. And then, but then also seeing what a large global corporation, seeing the disconnect from the higher level management to the lower level management. Okay. Or seeing, because let's say if you're a soldier, sometimes now your, your business is, is not, it's not, it's, 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 it's huge. Look, in Ireland. Let's say you're not, let's say you're Can not. Can I ask you a question, right? Just so you do it. What do you, what do you think I do? No, you're you're very connected because you no no but like what like so my job what do you think my job is because people think oh my god this is what I do so what do you think I do like my but generally what what is my job I say <laughs> director of look no no sorry how do I try to get this out so people think where I cut hair right 
And I always tell people this, no, no, that's like the side part. We're in like the looking after people business. So it's kind of funny where, you know, I'm like, what is your business? I ask people this when I coach them. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, cut hair, bro, barber. I'm like, well, you're not just a barber. Yeah. You're in the looking after people game. If you come once, grand, but that's not, we need them to come back. We need them return customers. So I always tell people, we're in the looking after people game. You know what I mean? It's just, I just wanted to ask your opinion no, there, like as a side thing. No, I, like, I always thought that, you know, I love the way, I love the way you cut hair because you're so connected to the business because you're cutting hair. Well, I still do it. That's, everyone's like, why are you cutting hair? You have six man, shops. It's, all, all the best people. Stay sharp as well. And you see, I, I got to see what's going on. The best people I've ever met, like I, I, like, I really admire you for still cutting hair and running the business. That's hard to do. The best leaders I've ever seen. People think I'm always on holidays and it's no, like- No, man, uh, you're, you're here grinding. You're here I grinding. Know. But the, I, I worked in the baseball stadium, Nat Bailey Baseball Stadium, Vancouver. I was a grand usher. The GM of the, and he's, he's on hundreds, a few hundred grand. Like he's on good money. The GM, he saw a bin wasn't taken out. He got on his knees, took out the bin, got on his knees, tied up the bin. And I go, I want to be that guy just because you're not wow. afraid. And that, that inspired me because he was a GM of a, a baseball stadium. It's AAA baseball. So like how many, what's the second capacity? Now, it's not, not the biggest stadium. Now you're talking still, 10, 15,000 people. And he was at, yeah. Go on his knees to tie up the bin. And I go, wow, you're a GM of, and you're showing me that you're going to do anything. I'll do anything for you. So you know what? I would never, and this is great for people who are wanting to get the business. I would never ask someone to do something that I haven't already done or wouldn't do. I'm in here. I'd be fucking cleaning the mirror. Something that the all of the staff will see. When I come into any cutting zoo, the first thing I look at is, is their fingerprints on the mirrors? Is their hair on top of the sockets? Is everything up to scratch? And it can you can always be better. So I'm looking like, that's not up to scratch. And I think that's why I need to be connected. When you are a multinational global franchise, yeah. that's why I'm not about it. I'm like, it's, it's huge. Yeah, you it's, just don't, you lose. It's like that movie, The Founder. What a movie about the startup of McDonald's. Oh, I love Baby, it. Baby, you know, love you're it. like rootless, but that's a movie for people to watch. The founder, yeah. Now, it's actually called, it's different names in different countries because of uh, intellectual property or, sorry, trademark, whatever you call it. But, but um, McDonald's, yeah, but it's McDonald's. It's, it's, yeah. no, they, they call it the franchise or they call it the founder and different, but oh, that's yeah. an amazing, amazing story to watch. quality. Now, like, he, he was so good on quality. But uh, when you, like when I see multinationals, a lot of multinationals, um, they're trying to like uh, lean down on like say customer service. They're either doing AI or going to cheaper countries. So I've seen that in the company I worked with that your your customer service levels go down. Oh, man, I feel like everyone when I ring all these companies now, no, not not in a race at all. It is, I want to, if I'm ringing up, let's just say Electric Ireland. I would like to hear somebody, uh, well, that's probably a bit racist to say, which isn't good, but I would like to hear somebody that can speak good English. So you that's want a fluent speaker. A fluent, yeah, someone that can speak well. It doesn't actually matter where they're from. And that's, if, that's really, they want to speak fluent English. But, so they but can if it's on ringing up and I'm like, and then I actually can't really understand and it's broken English, I'm like, man, I'm paying a lot of money for my Wi-Fi and then they're probably outsourcing it. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's a huge big thing. I get it. These companies, it's so disconnected to what I want to do and what you want to do when it's, you know, people buy from people. I love when people go, I go to cut and so, and I actually, who do you go to? And I know exactly their personality. Yeah, yeah. If I was to franchise, like a Grafton Barbers, because that's a, a reference in my business, I'd be like, I haven't a clue who Mary is down in Tullamore. But you'd be like, oh, you're going to Jack and Ratmines. Jack's a great kid. I know he's studying in college. I know he works three days a week. He's great at these cuts. The best kid ever. And you'd be like, Sean, he's on his shit. And I'm on my shit in every shop. I know everyone's performance. And it's amazing. So back to the question I really <laughs> want to ask, right? Because we're talking 20 minutes. 
So I know you've got the soldiers, you're, you're moving to this new facility, but like, so, you know, you, you, you're into the gym, uh, I like your lifestyle, but generally, you know, how many hours a day are you on the phone? Because I'm on the phone a couple of hours a day, it could be six hours on my phone from on laptop, and then I have to cut and I have to meet and yeah. to travel. So are you doing long days? Do you take a day off each week or are you trying? Polly Polly likes the Sunday stroll around the city, guys. Shout out to the Dame. Dame Tavern. <laughs> Dame, Dame Colin and, Colin and Dame Tavern love yeah. it. Uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday ladies. Sunday That's where you'll find Mr. Handsome. Uh, no, I, 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 no, I pop in there a lot of time, not even drink. Just, a, the staff yeah. in there are great. Uh, Collie and Pat. Yeah, Pat's ah, there. They're two cool looking men. I buy from them. I just go in there. If I see them in there, I'm walking in. There's no way I'm not walking in. Yeah. Because they, they, they've built that. Like Pat's, Pat's a hustler. 35 years. Pretty 37 years. I was buying, I was buying point, uh, takeaway points during lockdown off Pat. And he was cash Hero. only, baby. I was like, I, I'll gladly give him my money. I'm like, you know me. I'm he, a hustler, baby. He, he's, the people don't realize that Dame Tavern's doing so amazing. He hustled. And that, 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 like it's hard what actually, a spot, by the way. But it's hard to actually have a pub without food now these days, by the way. Just, oh it's very God, hard. Cop, yeah. So what they're doing there, that's 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 Pat and his sons, um, uh, Colin now, who's really looking after it. That's you know, 30, 35, 40 years of hard work to get, to build that clientele, build his mix, live music, getting it right. Great that's, points. It's quick, it's great service, actually. Oh, I'm like, the best, the best. That's what you want. When you're in there, you don't want to be like, I've been to some place in Temple Bar. I love a Guinness. Like, shout out to Hapeney. My favorite pub is the Lord Edward, probably. But the Dame Tavern, man, it keeps on coming up. I'm going there on Sunday, baby. I'm bringing, bringing a couple of friends in and colleagues. It's just great to have it. And that's why, you know, your people are buying from people. You feel you home like, there, you know? Yeah, when when the handsome store opens up, you know what I mean? I, I You'll help me with that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I, I could see, like, you having a shop, right? And even when when I ordered from yourself online, you get the email, you get the, the secondary email or the kind of how was it and how's this? It's just, it's so on point. But yes, what is your day looking like? Sorry. And well, it's, it's evolving as we're yeah, as we're and moving. it changes every but day. Just so people know that uh, he's living it up. He goes to the gym. He goes into the office for an hour or two. Like, no, it's full time. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no days off. There's a lot of entrepreneurs I see that just want that... I have a business. I'm having coffees. I'm doing these meetings. They love the. F- I always said the I see journal, a lot of, there's a lot the of laptop open, but they're not doing anything. They're on I, Facebook. I see a lot of companies that go for funding without proving any sales. I see a lot of companies that just like the idea of having a business, saying they're having a business, and um, like I do every bit of customer service still myself. Now I'm gonna have to get help soon, but I want to know exactly what's going on. What's the problems? Where's the where's the pain points? Because I've seen mm. too much disconnect in my other jobs from. The, the top level management to what's going on in the ground like when, when we go to Ballycoolin I want to be there once twice three times a week probably once a week at least just seeing work smarter like yeah works smart. how are we going what's how are the orders going how are we fulfilling it is everything okay um, so at the moment like I wake up I'll check like we'll get a lot of emails going hey a lot of people actually want recommendations of sense so I must try to do kind of a quiz to kind of help people out yeah and, uh, yeah no that's cool so what is Continues at, yeah, at the moment. So you wake up, you, all, you check all your emails, and um, we're doing like we're doing a lot of deals at the moment with different suppliers. So like if, every day is different, but there is a structure there. Like we have a team doing fulfillment at the moment, where you have to order in stock because of the lead time on stock. You got to get boxes made, which takes twelve weeks. You want to make sure there's enough stock. Like last year, you have to think a few lots, well, a lot of steps ahead. Well, last year we sold out every month up to October. Now we took revenue-based funding in October of a company called Wayflower, which is like a cash advance. So we wouldn't sell out for Christmas. Now that put a serious amount of pressure on the business, but we kind of put it all, we put the whole business on the business, if you get me. Yeah, you doubled down. And like my accountant, who's also my brother, went mad at oh, me. He was just what? like, what are you doing? And I go, Peter, 
trust me trust me baby <laughs> yeah but like sometimes yeah. you, sometimes you have to ignore people and go look I believe in this uh, we've been building Rit, for this man Rit, Rit, you know here's the thing as well right because I do want to ask because the whole idea of the podcast is about like danger and yeah. focus and how, how it can have good points and bad points for me I think you have to you have to risk it and I mean if I if you have if to. it doesn't work I, I need to start remembering these quotes, but I mean, the if you don't try, well, then it's a hundred percent fail rate. Yeah. So if you try once and you hit once, amazing. If you try once and it takes two goes, I I would do it fifty times to see if it would work. And like me, every shop is a risk. It's a liability, the overheads. But I am like, if it didn't work out, so what? I could do it again. I'm not stupid. But like, if you lost a business. There's no shame in it. Mm. I had mad ego years ago. I was like, oh, this is a barber shop. And, and your first shop, that's what everyone happens. Everyone's ego goes up when they've like one shop and it's busy. And then they lose one soldier. And it's like, oh my God, they kind of get shook. I'm like, that's like a, you know, a punch to the side of the body or a blow to the head or a body shot. And then two or three, when we had with COVID hit, we lost a load of barbers. And I'm like, I can get back up. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm focused. I'm an animal. Like, that's what people don't see because I don't portray that uh, that much online. But I'm like, I'm a very ambitious, like, like younger yeah, man. Yeah, that's and I'm like, yeah. but, but I also want people to get inspiration from that. If you take anything negative from it, I think that's on you. I'm a very positive yeah, glass yeah. half full. Can you tell us maybe just one, not what, well, I want to know uh, a kind of a hard point or something that was really, did anything freak you out specifically that you were like, fuck man, this isn't going to work like, this, like like what you said to your brother's like what are you doing you're like I'm gonna double down you have to trust me have you had any moments that people mightn't see that you could shed a little bit of honesty on that you're like man it, it nearly fell true or this happened to me is there anything on like a more of a serious note that hasn't gone well for you in four years like what's been the hardest well obviously recently we did, when we took the big massive loan and that actually paid off so now at the time it was stressful but in the first year Handsome Scent we did a bit of a different model we were doing 30 mil bottles and okay. it, I, I, now it's very hard a good entrepreneur will pivot when needed and like because a lot a lot of entrepreneurs don't pivot and like so i remember I so if something is going wrong they'll just they'll keep on going the way yeah, they won't we, go so yeah. we're doing a subscription model subscription only and we're doing 30 mil bottles it just wasn't working it just we were that's we're, honest yeah great just thank working. you for saying because some people don't they're like oh no yeah like we change our logo we we used to give out beers we don't do it anymore we does you have to evolve you have to evolve if you don't innovate and try things so what i tell you what happened where handsome actually went in the right direction so we did we had 50 subscribers um, and by the way it's so hard to get subscribers um which is paying monthly fee paying, to get paying a quarterly fee and like by the way that the it's it's the, it's hard to keep subscribers in from let's say millennial gen z because everyone uses revolut and they only keep a certain amount of money in their bank so that's extremely hard it wasn't working we're getting so i remember doing like this lost leader campaign where we give out fragrance for nothing but you sign up and then your next month you get charged and we were like yes we got loads of subscribers and then they all dropped off we're like, look this isn't working there you go change. yeah so what i did was i just started at, you pivoted <laughs> no, i started asking the 50 subscribers we had then left i go okay i started throwing them in i'll shoot them in one of these little boys <coughs> you have one there somewhere yeah. And uh, one customer goes to me, can, can you just send me the automizer instead? I go, do you not want the, the bigger bottle thing? I, go, I want a few of them instead. I go, yeah. And then the other customer said the same thing. I go, why is that? So I started to kind of, you know, call up customers. Why, why do you want this instead? And so then- you actually were like reaching and said, something's not working. Let me give you a shout out. Yeah. And we did that in six months. So six months of failure. Now- That's, it, oh man, that's tough. Cause every day you're there, it's your name on it, on the bottle, on the brand, on the hoodie. And like, 
this isn't working. And we, yeah, we had like it's like in it's like in a business in barbershop. Six months, man, you're going by a shop and there's like more empty chairs than full, and that's where people don't want. They don't want to do that because their vanity, their ego, they're like, it's not working. They want to be busy filled oh. and like I'm like, if you believe in it, go for it. And like I think if you really do believe in it, it will work. It will, but you have to also listen and pivot. A lot of entrepreneurs don't listen. Uh, but listen to their customer because I actually some think don't, you, some don't no I find like I, I, so anyone that wants to do e-com I find a test or they, or they come to me hey Paul I want to do e-com you want to sell this, I'm online okay this is my test I'm like okay look okay. do you have a website no okay next time I meet you in a week's time I want you to have uh, a website a landing page and start collecting five emails a week can you do that for me and they'll go yeah 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 you then talk to them a, a month later, two months later, how many emails you're collecting? And they'll give me an excuse rather than a result. Oh, I just, okay. So they'll go, I'll go, so. You gave them the you gave them the tips. I know it's not worth my time talking to that person again. Because I get, I told, here's, you know, here's someone that wants to do e-com, do what I'm doing, sell online. They haven't done one simple thing. They've focused on everything else around the business, doing the, going for the awards, going, that the happens, by the way. The Gucci stuff, yeah, they want the, they, yeah, they the want awards. the awards, they want the, but they don't actually want to do the bit, like. They don't want to do the, I the know, I know companies that go for awards, win awards, and they don't do that basic, I go, will you just get, get collect five, five emails a week, and I want to see you in, let's say, I don't know, a month's time, I meet them in a month's time, I go, how many emails you collect? Oh, I just haven't got to that. So you can have excuses or results, you can't set up a business with the excuses. So, yeah. But the, the, the very few people, that go yeah Paul like, like 10 emails last week this week they'll make it and it's a very simple thing doesn't happen though well uh, on that now right because I pretty much I actually reached out to you I wanted to rejig the e-commerce side of things and you showed me like you we have a big database of clients and customers long term really good really but good but like we have never utilized that and you, you actually got us the most sales that we ever had based off one email in years and I, it kind of was a catalyst for me to see, I actually feel like I know where my direction is going and it's in education because we sell in store. And I think it's the option yeah. is now there. Thanks to you, you introduced to a web developer, e-com specialist. And now it's a, it's given me a nice spark. It was an investment and you're great to, you're really, really sound to have helped me. So really thank you for that. But the question of the day, <laughs> which is obviously our kind of last question that we're gonna ask this evening is, what does dangerous when focused mean to you or does it mean anything to you? Yeah, so I suppose I know you a while now and like, I suppose dangerous when focused, dangerous will put in the, <laughs> will we'll define dangerous as being the best version of yourself, whether that be personally or professionally. So many people aren't focused these days. Um, they, you know, they just have, they'll scroll on their phone, they'll, they'll get distracted, they won't stay consistent. So I suppose dangerous when focused is, for me, knowing you and your brand is, some, someone that stays focused, consistent, and takes actionable tasks consistently to achieve their results. That would be my dangerous when focused. Well, okay, amazing. <laughs> well, look, I just want to say I'm a massive fan of you, of Polly. Uh, and yourself, thank you so much. Ed. Not at all. It's like, if you see this lad floating around town, stop and chat to him. <laughs> he loves a chat, he loves a natter. Um, there is going to be a pop-up shop between myself yeah, and Polly yeah. soon, and that's what this podcast is about, building a community and just have like, like-minded people Getting to know Polly is a, a legend of the game, I would say. You're a, a credit to Dublin and Ireland. Like the city, I just think you're be the city is better for you being in it. And this is why you should probably buy Handsome. For me, I just think you know the work that this lad's putting in. So thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate thank you very, And all the help from the start. Like again, I had a couple of sales and you, you posted my brand on the cut and sew page, 20,000 followers you had, and you didn't have to do that Polly's for me. coming for us now, baby. So, no. He just hit 10K on TikTok. <laughs> 
Handsome barbers, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Cut that, cut that. No, no, kidding, kidding. But no, honestly, honey, thank you so much for all the help. Really appreciate it. Legend, brother. Nice one.